Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, I Totally Relate. I'm Rissy. And I'm Shelves. And we hope you guys can totally relate. Welcome back to I Totally Relate. We are so glad you guys are here to join us for another episode. Real quick, we just wanted to let you guys in the know and invite you to sign up for our newsletter. Shelby and I put out a newsletter twice a month, and the message is usually something that we learned that week or how we are incorporating information from our episodes into our daily lives. But really, it's just a great place to be able to share all of our resources that we gather with our community. So if you are interested, there is a link in the show notes. So go ahead and scroll on down and tap and sign up. Or there is also a link in our bio on Instagram. So you can head on over there and get signed up to get our newsletter twice a month. We would love to have you guys there with us. Okay, for today's episode... We are so excited. We sat down and had a very interesting and compelling conversation with a creative writer named Shelly. We anticipated this just being one episode. However, we talked for a long time and Shelly shared so much wisdom. We really just wanted to be able to share all of that with you guys here. So real quick. Our interview for this week and next, her name is Shelley Ray Spots, and she is an essayist, a poet, and a visiting English professor from Orem, Utah. Her creative work has been published in Inscape, a journal of literature and art, poets.org, and elsewhere. She has worked as a columnist, a freelance journalist, and an editor. Her current project is called Voices Heard and Unheard, Stories Collected at the United Nations Commission on the States of Women, which she attends as an advocacy writer. Her writing and teaching focuses on how we craft our identities as we engage in living creative lives, how we build bridges with the communities around us, and how we share our stories and connect public meeting with personal experience. So Shelley is very creative. We really wanted to start looking into creativity and how that impacts us. And so sitting down with Shelly was so much fun. So without further ado, we're just going to go ahead and drop you right into our conversation. We begin by Shelly and Shelby kind of introducing to us how they met. And they're talking about purpose and how that ties into yoga and breathwork and meditation. So, I mean, clearly, Shelly fits right in, right? So, without wasting one more minute, you guys, we're so excited to share our conversation with Shelly. Enjoy. You're following your calling of teaching, where some people don't, yeah. like, right? Like, I feel some like teachers teach are because so... because they think it's something they should do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never intended to teach. I never was going to be a teacher. That way. Yes, I was going to be a writer, and I write. But I was going to be a writer who taught. Now I'm a teacher who writes. Mm. Like calling wise, yeah, mm-hmm. right. What's your calling? What right. what ex- like where do you find or express joy? Or how does mm. resistance show up in in your life or your right. body? Right, and um, that's I, that's what I love about yoga. It it helps me. It's like this. It's like. 
more than meditation, it's almost like therapy. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You're like thinking through the process of where you need to like find calm and stillness in your body or even in your mind. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And sometimes I feel like in a yoga class, I hear something that might pertain to yoga. But I find that the lessons that I learn on the four corners of my mat extend beyond that. Yes. So like I once had a teacher say to me, it's not about nailing the pose. It's the transition in and out of it. Right. Yes. Wait, what? It's all about life. It's not about the destination you're headed to. Yes. It's how you get there. It's the journey. You know, it's it's that Mm -hmm. saying it's the journey. Yes. But I think we underestimate that. I was thinking about that the other day because I was thinking about how we're all so busy. Mm -hmm. We cram all this busy in. Mm -hmm. And when we are so busy, the journey into and out of the things we're doing is so rushed, we don't have time to enjoy them. Yeah. 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 So like yes. simplifying finding stillness, then you enjoy that transition into yes. and out of. And that's life. Mm-hmm. Like that is the part of the journey that is life, not that one moment in that one yes. space of the thing you plan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like finding stillness. Yeah. But yeah, it, it totally, take it off the mat, take it into your life. Or take it from your life and onto the mat. Yes. Because when I'm blocked creatively, <clears throat> And, and there are a lot of people who are like, no, you just need to sit at the computer. You need to sit at the typewriter. Oh, you need to figure out mm-hmm. the problem. You got to fight through you it. You got to fight through it. You and I'm push. like, no, no, no. I have to leave and mm-hmm. go work through it in a different way. And so yeah. like taking it onto the mat and allowing a little bit of stillness is one of the ways that I work through my creative yeah. process. Yeah. So. And then I end up yeah. writing about yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and here's this other essay about yoga. (laughs) But that is like something that I feel like I didn't know yoga provided until I started going to the yoga underground. And I felt like that was the, 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 the principles of yoga were pushed more than just like the movement than just the movement yeah yeah because i've like, bounced into and out of yoga classes for 20 years okay and i've always there's it's always drawn me it's always been a space that i'm like no i i love this i just i discovered i need classes to push me or i'll get halfway through and be like i'm done but i'm tired now mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah, that I like accountability the, like right. there's a there's a it's essence the being of in the place and there's the people and it's a little bit the community and the mm-hmm. and i mean it's a solo journey but also we're with people yeah. and that's community too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, the class environment was good for me, but there were a lot of places I went to try and do yoga that it was so much about the pose that I was like, I mean, this is physically helping me, but it's not the mental space yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel good. Yes. And I, yeah. So it was finding that more yeah. the principles, more the philosophy behind it. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, you guys are kind of blowing my mind. So it's the idea of what looks good versus what feels good. Yes. Right? Because like when you get on social media, like I follow a bunch of like yoga uh-huh. accounts on social media. And if you were to ask me what I think yoga is, I'd be like, oh, it's skinny people doing handstands. <laughs> right. Like that's yoga. Right. Like right. wearing the name brand leggings. Like that's right. what right. yoga is. Right. You know? Yes. And, and so- then there's me, a chubby yogi over in the corner. <laughs> Going, I don't look like any of these people. Right. But this is the place where I find, like, meditation and peace and creativity. Yeah. Right. Because that's so, what feels good versus right. what looks good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the, the learning and the growth versus the, I've 
I've attained the the posture. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think after like the last year, we've all reached that point where we're a little bit more about what feels good. I mean, yeah. Who didn't like over the last year gain the COVID-19? No. <laughs> or, like, yeah. Just there was a lot of there was a lot of space at the beginning of last year where where everything sort of stopped. Yeah. And like that even pertained to physical activity because it was like, where do I go? Where do I find it? Where do I get out of like I'm supposed to be in this contained space? Yeah. And so I think people are being drawn more to what feels good versus what looks Mm. good. Yeah. Or even, I feel like even if you like go to Target right now, all the Mm -hmm. styles are like sweatpants. Yes. I am never putting on real pants again. Oh, I'm never wearing jeans. Let's never never do jeans again. Can we promise you that? Ladies, can we all come together? No bras, no jeans. The bra was a struggle. I was like, really? I have to put that that on again? Are you Mm -hmm. sure? Right. You know what? It's that that idea of like constraints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think we constrain ourselves in a lot of way that we choose. We choose the constraints. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I talk to Shelly, I'm like, tell me more. Yeah. What did you just say? And yeah. why did you say it like that? That made so much sense in my brain. Like, oh, it's fun. Well, this all started. <clears throat> it's it's hard sometimes like when you're a yoga teacher because there's, you know, I'll have anywhere from two to 15 people. Yeah. It just class. depends on the day. And so like your ability to interact or make connection with everyone can be hard when there's a lot of, of, of different people. Right. Yeah. You know, I thought that was funny because sometimes I'll have teachers on campus tell me that they have a really small class and they find it awkward to teach the small class. Um, and I'm like, why is that awkward for you? Because that allows more one-on-one connection. Yeah, maybe because they feel more, more seen. They're yes, like They're like right? more vulnerable. Yeah, there's, mm. there's that gaze aspect. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, like maybe there's a part of me that can validate like when the class is small because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, no. But then... <laughs> But when you can step outside where it's like, oh, this isn't about me. Yeah. When have I ever gone to a yoga class and been like, oh, man, that yoga teacher really, really stuttered yeah. on, on, on warrior two, you know, like, I, yeah. like right. it's like, yeah. like as a student, I'm never like, oh, that's, that's weird that she mispronounced that or had to ask, wait, where are we going? Like, what did we do on right. the other side? And that's not like, as a student ever your mindset. That's, as a student, it's never yeah. my but mindset. as a teacher, as you a worry teacher, about that. And I worry, you know, you yeah. worry about that going into a class. Right. right. And so I always just have to remember, I'm like, oh, Shelby, get over yourself. Like, it's okay. <laughs> like, this isn't about you. Like, you're here to help facilitate. Yeah, and guide and lead the well. way yes. and like, and, you know, be present so that you can read the energy in the room so that you right. can provide yeah. what was yeah. needed. And so we had this day where it was just, it was just Shelly and one other girl, Haley. And we... Haley and I started talking while you were, before you came in. Yes. And well, she was asking me what writing project I was yes, working on. Yes. She was like, so, well, how did your, how did your thing go? Mm-hmm. And I was so like. I was writing a presentation that, that I just finished giving and working on that. Yes. And, and then so. I was like, wait a second, what are you talking about? <laughs> and Shelly's like, oh, I've been working on this thing and I'm doing and presentation's like, all about connection. Yeah. It's all about she, how we connect and, and how and we, like, reach just, out. And, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm just doing this connection thing. And, like, she's, like, blowing my mind. And then she's like, yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Like, can you please tell me just a <laughs> we little bit? We started talking. And seriously, it did not seem like any time had passed. No. Right? So class starts at 915 
and it was probably about 9-12. When you came when, in. When I came in yeah. and I was like, wait, what's going on? And I had thought at most we'd had a 10-minute conversation. Mm-hmm, I'm yeah. like, okay, we're going to have to. look up. It's like 9.30, we're thinking. Oh, no, 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 Shelly. <laughs> it was. It's 9.57. It was 9.57. There's it was the 15, whole class. Class goes from 9.15 to 10.15. We talked At the whole time. The whole time. Oh, wow. The yeah. whole time. And that's when I was like, I was like, okay, wait a second. Class is ending and <laughs> I have like a work meeting that I've got to go to, but I don't feel done with this conversation. Like, I still yeah. want to keep And I was like, I don't feel you. done with you. I, it's, it was not a conversation we were done with. So yeah. that's what, and, but you know, you get into really good conversations and it's always that way. Like it doesn't ever seem like any time has passed. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. True. It was like a little gift, like ask her, ask her to be on the podcast. Here and I go. remember being like, oh, I can't ask. That's, that's so inappropriate. I'm this yoga teacher. <laughs> and like, and then I was like, asking you know is never inappropriate though. And I think that that's part of, I think that's part of the idea of like how we connect mm. and conceptions that we need to get over. Mm. Because I do think that, again, it's that idea of being seen. When we ask something from someone, we're asking them to see us. And to see us in a different way than, like, like my first conception of you is a yoga teacher, right? And so you're asking something that, that would allow me to see you in a different way. Mm. And that's a vulnerable place Whoa, that puts yeah. you outside of, of a comfort zone that allows you to be more vulnerable. Wow, you just blew my so, mind. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it's, but, wow. but, like, being seen is difficult. Yeah. And I think that that it ties into a lot of the ideas with creativity. I've been playing with a lot of the ideas of storytelling I've been playing with because it's really hard for us to tell our own stories. Yeah. It's really hard for us to center ourselves within the narratives that we're creating for ourselves, even just in our lives. Even if we're not a writer, even if we're just like living our lives, it's hard for us to to approach that from this space where it's like, here I am, see me, see mm. my experiences as valid. And mm. and not just in this one place, but in all of these places that I'm trying to exist, right? Why is that hard for us? I, it's I mean, vulnerable. I, agree. I totally believe that right. it is. But I'm like, but why? It's vulnerable. I think it's easier to hide behind this label or this narrative that we create for ourselves, like mm. the narrative of teacher, the narrative of mother, the narrative of daughter, mm. the labels. Like mm. even if those are all good things, they're still labels. Yeah. And so when we ask someone to see ourselves in a different way, like look at what I'm doing in this other part of my life, mm. it's not it doesn't fall under this this category that you see me as. Mm. And so that's a really vulnerable place to put ourselves. I deal with this a lot with my students, like my writing students, because it takes so long for these amazing, amazing writers who are just starting, right? They're just playing around with ideas, they're experimenting to call themselves writers because they're like, but I'm not published. And I'm like, Mm. did you write today? Like, but but I don't have anything out there. But did did you write today? <laughs> yeah. Like, but I'm not a writer. But did you write today? <laughs> and you are a writer, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's that I'm not valid unless someone else sees me as valid. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you Whoa. think that sometimes that inability to ask or show mm-hmm. others is because we deny our own realities. Oh, absolutely. Like, we don't see... Like, when I was younger, it was really difficult for me to 
acknowledge bad what I had labeled bad. I didn't want to acknowledge that like I'm I was like really extremely late all the time. I was like, no, yeah. I'm punctual. But like <laughs> except for this time and this time. Except for all of the evidence against me. Right. So for me, I feel like it was only when I started seeing myself mm-hmm. that I was able to say, Oh, I'm hiding myself from right. these scenarios. And I've learned that sometimes it's not because I'm wrong, but maybe the I didn't feel safe in that workplace or mm-hmm. like I wouldn't have been received. And I'm learning that it's okay to hold yourself in those scenarios. Like if you don't feel safe to share. Right. But it wasn't always that way that I, I was think, choosing to hide. But I also think that if that's the circumstance where you're like, no, I don't feel safe being vulnerable and being open in this circumstance, I think we owe it to ourselves to curate spaces that we feel safe yes. to be vulnerable. Ooh. Right? Ooh, okay. Like don't How do stay we in that don't space. stay in that space. Okay. Okay. Or if it's a space that you can't get it out of, like if it's a space that no uh, just like sometimes a family situation is yeah. not going to allow you to be vulnerable within that. But find another space that allows yeah. you to be vulnerable. You know, develop friendships that allow you to be vulnerable. Develop mm. interests that allow you to be vulnerable. Don't let that be the only space, the one where you feel like you can't be yourself. I think, like, life is messy, right? Yes. Life is messy, but the mess is beautiful. But we've been taught that we have to clean everything up, right? I was looking at all of the clean your house, organize your drawers TV shows that have come out on, <laughs> yeah. on yeah. like all of the streaming services and everything like that. And I have friends who are very obsessed with them and they're like, here, let me show you how to fold your jeans. And I'm like, my jeans are fine because I'm never wearing them again. <laughs> sit in the closet I'll pull them on once in a while to make sure they still fit but I'm not wearing them um but those are so popular because we have this desire for order we want to clean the mess up we want to shove it under the bed and ignore it yeah but the mess can be just beautiful Mm -hmm. right when we allow things to be seen the way they are and we go no this is me and yes I am late but it's part of who I am mm-hmm. and and you have to like embrace that because I do think part of allowing vulnerability is that we have to allow ourselves to see ourselves yes right yeah I my thesis project when I was in grad school was it, crafted around writing but it was like how do we choose what parts of our stories we tell and I was really interested in like the things we keep around us, Mm. like the objects we keep in our lives, because we keep those things because they tell a story, because they Mm. show who we are, right? We decorate in a certain way, we keep certain books, we, Mm. we hold on to things from our past, but only certain things, right? And so we are developing this idea of who we are, but we don't hold on to sometimes the hard things, But those hard things, they're what make us complex and they're what make us interesting Mm. and they're what make us um, who we are because we develop through the hard things. Yeah. I remember visiting with someone in my neighborhood and her sister had had some legal problems and was in jail and she was crying and she was like, I'm so concerned about her, but also I don't want anyone to know. I don't want Mm. anyone to know this hard thing about me. And I was like, but it's not you, one. And two, 
if we can't share the hard things, we're not really being open and being vulnerable. And then I'm sitting there going, yeah, no, I've had this exact same situation because I've had a family member in jail. And I didn't tell you about that. And so I did. I'm like, okay, let me tell you about my experience with this situation that you're in. And that totally changed the conversation. And I was like, no, that didn't make me less than to share my experience with her, this really hard, difficult experience. But I think we worry that it will. We worry about the judgment. We worry because we're, we're crafting our story of ourselves in a certain way mm. and leaving out some of the messy and some of the difficult and some of the challenging. But it's those things, like those emotional connection points, we can really bond with people over and we can yeah. feel less isolated and we can feel more connected. So we're actually denying ourselves points of connection with yeah. other people Yeah. by like trying to clean up all of the mess all yeah. of the time. So. In hopes that if we are perfect and if right. everything's cleaned up, then we will be available to connect with anyone and everyone will but it, be but more only, connected. But only in this like really curated way, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, we have to develop areas for ourselves to be vulnerable, but avoid like creating this false image of ourselves yeah. because mm. we're trying to look a certain way. Yeah. Because we want to connect with people, but it has to be, it has to be more of an emotional connection that's available, that's vulnerable, that's open, that's real. And when we are always like, this is, this is the only way I'm seen, right? And you're yeah. putting yourself in this little box. Yeah. It's not real. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's one of the reasons why we feel isolated. It's yeah. one of the reasons why we don't feel like we connect with other people. It's yeah. because even in the spaces we allow ourselves to connect, we're not allowing people to see us. We're yeah. not taking up that space. We're not being seen. We're not saying, no, this is me, mm -hmm. and uh, it's all of me. It's the whole mess of me, yeah. and that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. This is what I'm – and I know this, and, like, we say this all the time, but it's so funny when you're presented with a situation, you're like, oh, yeah, there's that truth again. And it is that everything is connected. Right. Right. Like, how you just talked through all those situations and, like, connected all of it I'm just going a little bit like one way like oh yeah that's right because everything is connected and we are all connected and uh when we try to attain perfection mm. then we cut off those opportunities for connection right right mm. we've been told that we need to be perfect right we need to yeah. attain this ideal and I think what gets lost in the translation is that what we should be striving for is improving ourselves. But I think that that is improving our connections with other people. Yeah. It's not an isolated, it's not, it's not something we can do by ourselves, right? No. We can try all we want to try and be like the perfect image of the perfect person, however we see that as being, sure. right? Yeah. Whatever, whatever ideal of perfection that we see that as being. But if we do that, we are not connecting with other people and that's how we grow and that's how we develop interesting relationships and that's yeah. how our relationships grow with us because, yeah. I mean, you don't want to grow out of your relationships because you're doing the work all by yourself and no one else is doing the work. Yeah. So you want to grow your relationships together, but that requires that you're like having open, honest conversations, yeah. you're creating experiences, you're connecting. And you're, I feel like in order for that to happen, you have to have uncomfortable conversations, yes. uncomfortable yes. moments together. So 
one of the things that my husband always tells our kids because they are young adults and so they're having they're right at that time of their lives they're having a lot of really uncomfortable experiences right yeah. that that 17 to 22 year old age range yeah. when you are having a lot of uncomfortable things happen right <laughs> yeah um and inside and outside inside and outside <laughs> everything's new and you think you know everything and yeah. one of the things he loves to tell them is that you have to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable yes right thrive yes. in the awkward moments yes because even if even if nothing comes of that awkward moment you're at least going to have a great story to tell right <laughs> so get in the <laughs> because i think a lot of times we and i realized this about myself as he is telling this to our almost adult children i'm going well at that age I really developed this life that avoided all awkward or embarrassing moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Because yeah. there was nothing that was more terrifying to me than being embarrassed, mm. feeling awkward, feeling like I didn't know what was going on. And now, like 20 years later, I'm like, no, no, no. I want to be in those awkward places because yes. I see so much in them and I grow so much from them yes and I connect with people more over yes. them and you can laugh over them and you can cry over them and but it's uncomfortable yeah right oh. but we spend a lot of time like avoiding uncomfortable yeah. situations yeah I feel so. like that's where I'm at in my journey right now I spent so much time avoiding and 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 trying to like attain perfection or this idea of what I thought other people wanted from me right. and then you know life situations happen out of our control I feel like the rug got pulled out from underneath me and then in those really like hard heartbreaking moments that's when I was like oh no this is where all the good stuff is yeah this is the good right? stuff and so now I'm like no no I want to have a podcast where we just talk about <laughs> We talk stuff. about all the good stuff. And it's going to be so hard for some people to hear. But like, but I just want to like invite and like, no, 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 yeah. lean in. I promise this is where the good the, stuff is. It's it's emotional, right? It's those yes. emotional connections again. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes I feel like by trying to avoid awkward moments, we avoid all emotions altogether. Yeah. Yes. I was talking to oh, one of my students yes. about like, Social media, which mm -hmm. I think social media can be an amazing tool. Yeah. Right? We can if use, you use it. it that way. If you use it that way. But if you're it's just the energy a consumer, you... if you're just mm -hmm. if you're just a consumer of it, if if that's all that it is is consumption, right? Then then it can be a negative. But what is so enticing about it is that gaze. Right? You get on social media yeah. and you're confronted with a person who is looking at you. And it, mm. you feel seen, whether or not they, they do not see you, right? Yeah. They are on the other side of this screen. Yeah. But you, as an individual, feel seen by this person. Mm. And that is what can be so uh, enticing about okay. those sorts of situations. Instead of actually getting out into an emotional situation where you're connecting and you really are seen yeah. for the truth of who you are, right? Yeah. And but that requires like lots of messy emotions. Yeah. It, and and it's good, but it's uncomfortable. Well, yeah. yeah. And Ooh, having good. a relationship with someone, you do things that might step on their toes that right. you got to apologize for, or mm. you might need to place a boundary, or mm. and all of that is so important. Understanding that that right. that you can express that, and that we can have a conversation. Well, and that there can be tense feelings, yes, right? That, that tense feelings are that okay. It's okay. Those are okay. It's part of, you know. But we deny ourselves working through that process 
or right. that emotion when we block ourselves from mm-hmm. it. We deny that we're emotional beings. We deny the reality of what's happening and then we hide. Right. And then social media is where that consumption comes in. So right. you're, you're right. getting that so dopamine we're getting, hit. Yes, a, we're getting those. We feel mm-hmm. like they're an emotional connection, mm-hmm. but it's a false emotional connection. Yes. Right. Uh, at the same time, I think you can create community over social media. Yeah. I yes. think you can make yeah. connections. Absolutely. But it is the way you use it. Mm-hmm. And it has to be very mindful. Yes. And you just, you have to put it down sometimes yeah. and go out into the places, like the real physical places where you make a connection with other people or where you make a connection with yourself. With yourself. Right? Yeah. Yep. Because we're not allowing ourselves enough stillness mm. to make those connections. Uh, I was talking to some of my students about where we find like creative creative moments in our lives and those are never moments where we have like filled our lives full of like busy things where we're consuming media all the time Mm. where we're just like constantly bombarding ourselves with things it's like it's embodied moments like when we're physically active when we're walking running yoga in yeah. right yeah <laughs> when we're on the mat it's moments where we're having a great conversation it's moments where we're you know just sort of allowing flow to happen mm-hmm. because like our brain works in a very very specific way and if we don't allow what they call our cognitive executive time to like rest and meditate on things it's not going to offer anything back to you so if we're constantly feeding oh. it stimulus it doesn't have a moment to like work in the background to be meditating on and and considering the things that are happening and offering anything back to your life. Oh my gosh. Okay, so, I just heard you say that rest is required yes, for creativity. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But we think we just have to push through things we think we to be to do, creative, do, right? Do. It's like yeah, we like have to I, put ourselves in the places that help us be creative, and those are never the busy places. Mm-hmm. It's never the I am so overwhelmed and so busy and so, you know, deadlines. Yeah. Those yeah. aren't the places that we're creative. Well, yeah, usually it's like, well, we need to be, we need to be reading more. We need to be researching right. more. I need to be painting more. I need yeah. to be taking more photos or whatever right. it is that you express your creativity usually I find right. when I'm lacking creativity more you right. need, you're not painting enough that's yeah. why well that's but why I think I think a lot of times like we do need that input right we need to see what the conversation is around our creativity we need to see what other people are doing because again that's interaction mm-hmm. and I think that feeds the ideas mm. but then we also need the stillness yeah we need them and and that can come in a couple of different ways that can come in like physical stillness like meditation it can come in mental stillness like Mm. physical activity Mm. where we're like our bodies are busy doing something but our minds are at rest a little bit and able to work through things that's running for running i think yeah i have some of my clearest thoughts yes when like my body is exhausting like sometimes (laughs) it's like running but turn off the music for a moment yeah because, because again, we tend to fill those moments yeah. with other things. And I, I love my playlists and I love my music, but sometimes you just have to turn it off. Yeah. And once we allow ourselves to be available for that, our brains will work for us and they will offer the creativity, right? It's like, oh. it's almost like an offering, but it can then become distracting. Okay. <laughs> because I was like, when I get into that place where I'm like feeding myself the things that I need to be creative, Working on it, like scheduled working on my writing, 
but only within like a certain space so that I have stillness so that I have other time to Mm -hmm. like be thinking about it. It can almost get to that point where even normal everyday activities become distracting because it's like, oh, I'm taking a shower, but I have 22 thoughts (laughs) running through my mind as I am taking this shower. I, I need waterproof paper. I need, <laughs> I need something to write these down on yeah. or driving down the road and your brain is offering all of these ideas yeah. to you and you're like, okay, brain, I did not know you could do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there's, if we allow ourselves mm. into that space where there is a little bit more stillness, where there is a little bit more meditation, where there is more connection, because I think a lot of those creative impulses come when we are having good conversations yeah. and ha- making good connections with people, mm. then it's amazing the creative impulses that come out of that. Wow. Your body will naturally breathe. It's not something that you have to think about. But have you ever noticed when you start to think and try to control your breath? Because you can, right? Like right. I can oh, like, right. as soon as control. I start notice my breath, then I and then I start like, but it's off control. rhythm. Like yes. I like yes. I when I'm trying to control my inhales and exhales, I actually induce a state of anxiety mm-hmm. because I'm trying to because control something that is that my body will naturally yes. do, yeah. and, and you're kind pushing of, it off of the normal rhythm. Yes, by doing and it. And I kind of heard you say that in yeah. what, in the message that you so just shared. So I think like, there I think there are two ways that we tend to approach trying to live a creative life, and the one is I am going to sit and work through this until I feel creative. Mm-hmm. So that's trying to force the creativity. Yeah. And the other is I am going to sit here and wait for the muse of creativity to strike my brain. And assume that it will happen with no input mm. for oh. from me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a balance between those two and something that actually is completely different from those two, which is I'm going to nourish myself with the things that are going to feed my creativity, mm. whether that's reading a great book, whether that's a great conversation, whether that's going for a long walk, a you know, movie whether, yes, or, a movie, yeah. whether that's, you know, I have great conversations. My son, who's 19, is as much of a nerd as I am and we can I just like a geeky nerd and we can sit and talk about really good movies for like hours and so like having those conversations that are like but what did that character mean and how did you know like getting in depth about like picking things apart he's one of the few people I can do that with though I love that and so like finding those people that you can have those really interesting conversations with that's feeding your creativity and then feeding our physical bodies with the things that they need for us to be creative whether that's rest whether that's good food Mm -hmm. whether that's movement whether that's stillness whether that's water (laughs) hydrate (laughs) drink enough water um and then allowing the space for our bodies and our minds to offer what it's going to offer so we're not waiting we're not waiting for some external inspiration we're feeding ourselves the things we need for our own internal inspiration mm. to come forward yes. and allowing it to come forward. Yeah. So Ooh, that requires knowing <laughs> yourself. Yes. It requires knowing yourself. It requires a lot of self awareness. Yeah. Which again, we've been taught to not be seen. We've been taught to not Ooh. take up space. Okay. Tell me, dig into that a little bit more because I, 
I believe you when you say that. I feel like, yes, that's yeah. true, but I don't. So why have we been taught to not be seen? Like, so why is, I think it's this, where is that coming from? I think it's this gap. And I first started noticing it when I was really working with students on writing opinion editorials, right? So trying to teach college freshmen to write about their own opinion is really, really difficult. <laughs> and it's not that they don't have opinions. They have a lot of opinions. They are very opinionated. Yeah, just get on TikTok. Right? There's get a on lot TikTok. of college freshmen get opinions on, on there. Get on Twitter. They have no problem telling you what they think. Yeah. Right? But if you ask them to write it, they won't do it. Mm. They feel invalid. Because mm. for some reason, they think that like expressing that opinion in a more formal way, which they view writing as formal, mm -hmm. okay. requires expert authority. And they have been taught that they are not the expert authority, right? It's yeah. like the high school English class where you're taught never to say the word I, which is so wrong, right? Because yeah. how, why are you even writing about something if you're not taking your personal perspective on it and saying, look at what these experts have said and let me tell you what my belief about it is, uh, right? Yeah. So they have taken themselves out of that, what I call the authorial space. Mm -hmm. and instead, what they do is they do book report writing where they're like, look at what these other people have said. And they no longer feel comfortable in that space where they are the one, you know, becoming the anchor and the focal point for other people's conversations. Mm -hmm. We don't feel comfortable in a place where we are expected to be the authority. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we don't feel like we know enough. Yeah. And I think that that carries on, not just at that age, yeah. right? At what point do we feel like we know enough to be the authority about anything in yeah. our lives. And I, my mom passed away this fall. And I was, the one thing I really, really vividly remember about like the week she passed away was, I am not old enough to be the maternal figure in my family. Mm. I am not the authority. So what do I do now that now that, that maternal figure is gone? Yeah. Because at what point do we take that knowledge onto ourselves, right? And and so I think, again, being okay with life being messy, we have to drop this idea that there's always a right answer and instead mm. be okay with engaging in the conversation without knowing the, the ultimate answer to it, right? Yeah. We have to experiment on ideas. We have to throw things around. We have to play with them. We lose, we lose this idea of play. And I yeah. think play is so important because we're so concerned with, but is it the right answer? Right. Yeah. And 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 so because we're uncomfortable in this place of authority, in this place of of expert knowledge, we just take ourselves out of it. Yeah. And so we are not there. We're not we're not an author. We're not a we're not the seen person. Yeah. We're we're offering other people up as the seen people. Yeah. Instead of ourselves. Yeah. So and I think that more than just writing, we take that into our lives like we we pull those ideas mm -hmm all the way through our lives where we're like, but I don't know enough in this situation to be the seen person. Yeah. So here, let me let me give you someone else to be seen. Yeah. And so we absent ourselves from our own stories. Yeah. Yeah. Which which like we're central. We we are the main character. <laughs> <laughs> there is no our story. There is no our story without, without us. Ice. Yes. <laughs> and so we have to get more comfortable in that yeah. place where we are, we are seen, we are visible. Yeah. People can, you know, see the messiness of our lives. Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. And so that kind of 
as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, so you're telling me like we have to get comfortable with like maybe being wrong yes. or not doing it right the first maybe time? Maybe being wrong or maybe figuring out an answer and being okay with it not being the only answer. Ooh. Um, yeah. That there's more than one right answer. Yeah. And that maybe that's the right answer for you now, but you know, in five years, maybe that's not going to be the right answer. Mm, I love that. Or for someone else in your same situation, that's not going to be the right answer. And I think that, I think this is one of the things that's wrong with a lot of our discussion, a lot of our public discussion, is that we view everyone else's stories from our own perspective and yeah. figure that our right answer is their right answer. Yes. yes. Instead of leaving space for everyone else's unique individual lived mm. experiences yeah. and the way that they find their own right answers mm-hmm. yeah. and going, okay, well, I found my right answer. They found theirs and it's okay. We can like, these are good together. We can, we can yeah. talk about them and ha- like it would all be boring if we were making all the same decisions. Yeah. And so f- leaving that space open for mm. other people and, and embracing their answers. Yeah. Wow. So... And just looking, yeah. like putting yourselves in the space where you have the potential to find other people to like connect with. Yeah. So this we'll is the there. problem when you have an essayist on your podcast, because like, that's what I do is make connections between things. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right? I it's love my it. job going this thing and this thing and this thing over here. And let's talk about how they're all connected. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so yeah. much. I really do. Thank you so much for oh, being here. Welcome. Are you yeah. kidding me? This it's is so like- fun. <laughs> This is the connection that I live for. Like, I love the ability to be in a deep well of something and then laughing and then and then pulling it back and being like, okay, but this feels difficult or wrong or what do you think? And then it's like, oh, maybe it's not wrong. Maybe that it right. Maybe that's just a part of it and looking Mm -hmm. at the nuance of things right because I think we tend to simplify and we tend to look at surface level Mm -hmm. things and so looking at how things are nuanced and how they're complicated and how you know it does make things interesting yeah instead of looking at difficult things as hard if we look at them as interesting yeah Mm. I think it can change how we interact around them but I think too like as humans what's comfortable is is a space we like to live in Mm -hmm. and so when someone says something to you that your first reaction is oh no that's not how i would do it or that's Mm -hmm. not the decision i would make right we have to overcome that instinctual reaction to go oh no that's wrong Mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily wrong and seldom very seldom is something like that wrong it's just Mm. different right but we are uncomfortable with different things and this is something i've really realized about myself because i'll come home and my husband will have moved things around in the house (laughs) and i'm like but that's not where that pillow goes like why did you do that right I'm going to so put it. Relatable. I'm going to put it back now because it's driving me crazy. And then going, well, no, like it. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You, you moved it. It wasn't my choice to move it. But I actually like where it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And opening ourselves to that instead of like like there's that instinctual yeah. annoyance that uh-huh. happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that happens in all relationships, right? Yeah. When you're talking to someone and they have a different. They have a different perspective and they have a different reaction and they make different decisions. And our first reaction is always, 
mad. Ma- yeah, annoyed or mad or, yeah. or it's, it's judgy maybe. Judgy like it's like, why bit. did you do it like yeah. that? And or like a correction. I went, oh, oh no 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 no. Like I yeah. like give them the benefit of that. Oh silly you, you accidentally great, made it wrong. That was a let great me thought. You. Let me put it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me fix it. I think yeah. we want to be yeah. fixers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we've been taught that's how we take care of other people. We fix them mm. instead of mm. like interacting and allowing them space <sighs> to fix themselves. Yeah. And yeah. maybe they don't need fixing at all. Maybe we just need to be more open to the beauty of their own decisions. Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah, we we do fix things. And that's the cleaning up thing again. Yeah. Oh, we try yeah. and clean up not only our own space, but other people's space. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I don't know if I've, like absolutely kicked this habit but there are times in my life where I can look back where I'm like oh no no no, your mess is spilling over onto my side like can (laughs) you like not this last year has been really interesting because I do have three college students (laughs) at home at home (laughs) who should all I mean if they were doing what they normally would have been doing at this time in their lives they'd have all moved out to go to college but it didn't make sense since they were all doing college at home on their computers in my basement. Yep. Yeah. So why, you know, why? So they're all in, we're all in the same space together. Mm-hmm. And that gets messy, mm-hmm. like both emotionally and physically. Yeah. Right? And so there's projects, there's homework, there's, you know, there's emotional needs going on. And sometimes it is like, no, your mess is touching mine. <laughs> Can your you emotional your mess my mess. Your emotional <laughs> needs right now are an impinging on my emotional needs. <laughs> and then oh, you go, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. Maybe we have the same emotional needs, mm. but you're expressing them in a different way than I'm expressing them. And especially, you know, as a mother and as a parent, and you're looking at your younger children or not so younger children and going, Okay, you just don't know how to express that yet. I'm learning. I don't know yet, but I can see. And so so you have to have like the hard conversations and go, okay, yeah, your emotional mess is right here. Let me tell you where mine is. Let's let's yeah. let's interact with our emotional messes. Mm. Yeah. And then that's where that connection comes mm-hmm. from, where yeah. I can say to you, yeah. this is what's going on in my space. Right. And my thought process and my emotional and physical right. aspect of myself. But we don't talk about the emotions often enough until mm-hmm. we get to the point where, like, we get annoyed or well, upset would you, or stressed. Right. Would yeah. you say that we defend our emotions yes. instead of express? Instead of like, expressing them, we, we try and create little walls around mm-hmm. them. We're like, no, my emotion is completely right and yours must be wrong. Yeah, because I for feel... For mine to be right. Yeah, like sometimes I notice in my own interactions that my inability to express in a calm state of mind or vulner- vulnerable mm-hmm. comes in as... Defense. Defense. Yes. You don't... You don't know what type of day I've had or right. or like and and it's hard because take a step back, take a deep breath. My emotions are valid. Yes. The fact that I did come to the table with a bad day. Yeah. Isn't wrong. But it's, but it's how we express them. But it's right. how, it's you how we learn it. how to express mm-hmm. them. So because I think the the defensiveness puts up a wall mm-hmm. instead of a connection. Yes. Right? Well, we have like, we have acceptable emotions, right? right. Like we have, I can show up happy and funny mm-hmm. or I can show up mad. 
Yeah. Like those are in, in society, There's, like depending on your gender roles and, and your familial dynamics, like you have, you have a few acceptable yeah. emotions. And if you have something outside of that. Feeling isolated, feeling sad, feeling happy, but not in the right way happy. Mm. It's almost sometimes um, yeah. like, people, why are you happy right now? <laughs> I get this a lot in the morning from my yes, kids. Okay. Yes. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> it's too early. <laughs> so that's an that's an unacceptable yeah. happy emotion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're supposed to have the appropriate emotion in the appropriate time. But the thing that's Only really, on the person who's viewing it, though. Right. Through their lens. Through their lens. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. But... But that's a defense mechanism too, right? Because our, again, our brain, our brain has mirror neurons in it. So when we express an emotion, whoever is watching us express that emotion will empathize and will also feel that emotion. Mm-hmm. When we see someone express an emotion, this is why like watching sad movies is so cathartic, right? Uh, when we see someone express an emotion, we identify with it, we feel it, mm-hmm. and we can process and work through those emotions. Mm-hmm. So when we express an uncomfortable emotion for someone, it's that we're asking them to feel it. And so again, we have oh. to understand that not only are we defensive, but they're defensive because we're asking them to feel something they're uncomfortable feeling. Whoa, okay, hold on. it is it's like this space where it's true we have to understand how our emotions are impacting other people and not that our emotions are invalid Mm -hmm. but that we have to see and go okay they're uncomfortable with this in this moment so maybe let's talk about it let's have a conversation instead of both of us getting defensive yes okay or recognizing the defensiveness yeah that they have and going okay I'll take a step back. Okay, what is your job? Are you like a marriage therapist? I'm like, a writer. You are so good at so many things. I'm like, okay, are you just like healing no, so I've always, politics? Like what is happening right oh now? Oh my gosh, politics. My kids would say, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, but like no, these, these concepts always, you're explaining are yeah. like answers or, or it's, just, it's making sense. I think a lot of our relational struggles in the in the public square for sure yeah definitely because we're not we're not finding empathy anywhere right Mm -hmm. so i think the number one job of a writer is to tell stories but tell stories in a way they connect um i've also noticed something about the people i know who are writers and it's that we are all almost insatiably curious about the things that are going on around us yeah when i find students who are like i've tried four different majors and i don't know what to major in i'm like you're a writer you're just, you're just, oh, me. You're just curious about so everything. Much. You want to interact in with yeah. the world in a yeah. really unique and, and, you know, unusual way. You're a writer, right? <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean that you're writing something. It means that you're looking at the things that are happening. You're communicating about them. Yeah. You're seeing the connection points. It's observational. It's, you know, yeah. I read a lot of things. I, yeah. Oh, wow. But, it's making those connections. It's finding the little, it's noticing the ordinary moments in life and then seeing why they have a greater impact. Yeah. And why they mean more than we think they do. Because I think almost without exception, like the ordinary things, what, what some would call the quotidian, like the small things, they mean more than we think. Yeah. And they actually probably mean the most. Mm-hmm. But we, we discount the small moments. Yeah. 
Is that because we jack up like the idea of like adrenaline or yeah. like that like excitement? We're always looking. We're we are all adrenaline junkies, right? Especially <laughs> so it's like we can't in always this, have like media driven, social media yes. driven world where yeah. we're like we need the serotonin. Yeah, we need we need that instant feeling. Yeah, and like real connection takes more time than that. Yeah, and looking around us and seeing like the the small moments that happen in stillness, that happen in yeah. quiet. It requires us to to take a step back from all of that that's right. happening around us. We are constantly wanting to identify ourselves as something grandiose right. or, or big. And a lot of that can be like, oh, look at me. Like, I've got my master's degree or I just jumped out of an airplane yes. or like insert blank right but usually they're big grand yeah we we try and identify ourselves by the labels or by the exciting events or by what we call uh, you know identifying events Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because sometimes it's it's the opposite right Mm -hmm. like i am the victim instead of the right but it usually is like those events good or bad it's never usually like in your everyday life. Right. It's but the... we spend more time in our everyday lives. Yes. Right? Because yeah. that is our everyday life. Right. And I'm drawn to movies that are what a lot of people consider boring. Okay. Like, tell me three. Because, um... <laughs> I'll tell you three. I love movies so much. Um, I'm like, what Secret movie life is boring? Of, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, my gosh. I love that movie. It is one of the most beautiful movies it I've is. ever seen. Be- Have... And it's... Like, things are happening. Like, mm-hmm. he's getting out and exploring... But the beautiful moments in that movie are the everyday moments. Yes. It's like when, and and I love the analogy to like the the photographs that he's like trying to figure out where those photographs are from. And one is just the curve of his mother's piano. Yeah. And I'm like, you had to sit in stillness and observe the things around you. Mm-hmm. To oh, I love that. To see that thing, to, to mm-hmm. really notice where it came from. Yep. And so whether we're living like this really exciting life or whether we're just living what we consider an ordinary life life it's slowing down and seeing those moments and those really beautiful images and and saying this is my life and and not putting the labels on it and saying let's look at the beauty around us and let's look at the connections around us let's slow down yeah let's slow down Mm -hmm. and it's hard because we do live in this like space of of like constant energy Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so I think Media is catching on to it a little bit, though, because if you look at some of the some of the newer, like even even a company like Marvel, which I am a big comic book okay. movie nerd uh-huh. as well. Like I love I love the quieter move movies uh-huh. and like those meditative movies, but I'm also a big nerd. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I love I love you Shelley. like. Like Marvel's <laughs> new series, like their TV series. Like, oh, like WandaVision? Like WandaVision, yeah. which is a Marvel show about someone trying to live an everyday life. Yeah. Like, yes, she's an extraordinary person and has powers and like superhero and whatever, but what she wants is to live this ordinary life. Mm. Yeah. White picket fence, husband, kids, dog, you know. Yeah. yeah. She's trying to she find won't. those ordinary moments. And so... I think it's just a brilliant show about like dealing with trauma and grief and oh, how we find yeah. a catharsis through it by by living 
instead of instead of like it's not it's not the huge even even the end of that show which if you haven't seen it go watch it even at the end of that show which is very dramatic is more about her learning about herself yeah and i think the the second series they're doing right now which is falcon and the winter soldier yeah. is the same yeah it's a little bit more of a of a like adrenaline show as well but the realizations are coming in small moments of like Mm. looking at one another and figuring out who you are and and reclaiming yourself and telling your own story instead of letting other people tell your story. So I think like in general, like movies and TV shows are starting to drift towards this idea of it's not in the huge events that, that these Mm. realizations are happening, but in the everyday moments and they're finding things that we can relate to a little bit more instead of just being entertained and again, consuming. Yeah. Right. So instead of being a place of just um, distraction, yeah, it's a place of interaction. Yeah. I've heard more conversations going on about those two shows yeah. than I have about movies in general for years. Really? Because yeah. people are like finding them interesting and right. finding unique like connection points to yeah. them. So I never liked like fantasy movies. I'm mm-hmm. like, ugh. Like real life is interesting enough. I don't like. The fake super like I've never liked any of that stuff, but I have a little boy who's uh-huh. six years old. He's almost seven, and he's super into it. And yeah. so I'm like, oh, we're gonna have to watch Spider Man. Okay, all right. So <laughs> now as an adult woman, I start watching these shows. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they are oh about my. so much more than you think. They it are. is so compelling. I'm like, yeah. oh, they're telling a hero's journey over and over and over right. again. And like, and I love Miles which, Morales. And which like, the he- oh my gosh, that one is it's so oh, good. It's- it it's blew my mind. So that was good. the first like real Marvel right. or like comic book show I watched. Right, and I'm like, starting to look at how, um, again, when we look at that idea of there's more than one right answer. Yeah, I love the idea that in comic book shows they're the multiverse idea. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That yeah. we are we are looking at different answers to the same problem. Yeah, we're incorporating more unique voices, more you know, diversity. Yeah, we're finding different points of view yeah and i think that they're i think they're doing it well right yeah. now oh and so yeah so it. it's it's an interesting like like you look at it as entertainment and go but at the heart of it we're looking at what it means to be human and what it means yeah. to experience emotion and to experience yeah. grief mm. and to experience trauma yeah and to deal with that and then to tell our story of who we are because like the hero's journey the hero's journey is all about discovery yeah. It's all about going, and this is, this is like so entwined with writing and, you know, novel writing and storytelling. We go from this, this character who is suddenly isolated and has to discover over the course of this journey who they really are and who they really want to become yeah. before they can return home to this place of safety. Yeah. But they have to make those discoveries first. Yeah. Because they're trying to do it like everybody else. Yeah, yeah and it, it doesn't in work. Them all doesn't, along. And it doesn't work. Yeah, you have to find what was in you all along. Yeah. So I think it's one of the things that draws me to storytelling, yeah. right, is this idea of, like, we have to discover who we are. Yeah. And we have to find, you know, what is in us. And, mm-hmm. again, it's this place where we've been told we don't matter or mm-hmm. we've allowed ourselves to not matter because someone else's story is more interesting or more compelling. Really? But let's put ourselves into that. Yeah. And find what's in us. Yeah. And, wow. and explore that. Yeah. So, and it's complicated, right? It's never going to be as clear cut as what we see on a screen. But I think the complications make it more interesting. Yeah. So. 
We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at I totally relate pod. Or you can share your feedback and insights with us at I totally relate pod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.